Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Welcome to Change. Welcome to an amazing family to be a part of. Uh, You'll notice we're sat a little differently. We believe that life happens in circles, not rows. And so we do life together around tables. And that's why we want to keep community high. Because how many know community can create success? And if you get segregated, it can create weakness, and it can create depression, and you can just get in a state where you can't do anything according to what God has called you to. So we believe in locking arms, doing life together, and we are stronger, and we are better when we do life together. So that's how we do it. And so I, I really want to encourage you just as, as you step into this place, get connected with somebody. Um, really just meet somebody today. Meet this incredible family of change. Go out to the VIP table. See how you can get involved. And, and uh, we just, just want to say welcome. Welcome to our home. Today I'm really excited to start this series, My City, My Time. And it's really a season of ownership. I love it. When I tell my kids something to do, and my kids take it on as their responsibility to get it done, I love that. Nothing makes me happier as a father, and nothing makes me more unhappy when I tell my kids to do something, and they don't make it their responsibility to get it done, and they just shoo it away as just another word. Nothing could make me more unhappy than that. And I love it when, and you go through all of life, when you tell your employees to do something, I love it. When they take it on, it's their responsibility and they get it done. When you tell something to somebody and they own your words and say, all right, I'm going to get this accomplished. And I believe God is speaking to each individual something he wants to get done in your life, in your neighborhood, in your family, in your marriage, in your finances, in your talents and abilities. God is wanting to do something through you. And this year we are owning his plans for our lives. We're saying it's my city. Now, all of our cities look different because we're all in different stages of life. My city right now looks like I have a family. I have two small children, four and six, Zion and Ane. I have a beautiful wife. We live in a home. I have, we have a business that we're running. We planted a church. So my city looks a lot different than your city. You might be in a university right now going to school. Maybe you just graduated. Maybe you're planting a church. These guys are planting a church, by the way, you guys. In September, we're stoked for you guys, praying for you guys, and believing for great things. This city is going to rock. And it's because of all the great people and men and women of God that are stepping up to the plate and saying, I'm owning this thing. You guys are owning this season. And we're excited. And so whatever season you find yourself in, you're owning it. And you own your marriage and you own your job, and you own your school. There's a difference with being present and owning. You can be present without owning. And a lot of people you see, they end, you know, they, they, they either end their marriage or they end their job or whatever because there is no ownership. You know, I could be married to Ashley for many, many years, but if I never own our marriage, it will go nowhere. So there's a difference between we're, we've been married for 10 years, and I've been present owning it for 10 years. Uh, and you can grow. So we not only want to know the plans of God, we want to get involved with the plans of God. I want to look at Nehemiah, a uh, great man of God, and we're going to be looking at the story of rebuilding the wall. 
Now, you have to have a little bit of context. Context will set up your perspective, so you've got to have context. And so we find where Nebuchadnezzar actually came in and destroyed the wall, and it left the Israelites in ruins and, and kind of exposed for their enemies to come in and take them out. And so what happened is there was a group of people that got together, and they, they went to the king. They tried to get the wall rebuilt, and they, they tried at it. They tried at it, and actually everybody around was getting all scared, and they discouraged the wall building and had the king actually stop the plans. And so this rebuilding of this wall that we're going to be reading about how Nehemiah uh, went on this venture to rebuild this wall, this had already had a try at it and failed. Years later now, we find Nehemiah stepping onto the scene, becomes cupbearer to the king, one of the most trusted people in the king's life. Because back then, you know, you had people that were trying to get to the throne, and so they would poison, you know, the, the grape juice, you know what I mean? They'd poison the orange juice and, and pass to the king and, and try to get in there. So they had to put a person in between the, the person giving and the king. And the cupbearer was the one that he had to drink it first. If he didn't die, it's good, you know, <laughs> give it to the king. But the cupbearer was the most trusted person because he had to trust him with his life. So Nehemiah steps into this role, and how many know the gift is the, is the giver's way to open doors to the great? So we know Nehemiah was a generous person who was giving his talents and giving his gifts in order to be in front of the great individuals as the king. So Nehemiah, we find him walking into the scene, and he's sitting and talking with his brother. His brother came back from a trip. He was visiting the wall, maybe doing some sightseeing, maybe taking some pictures, visiting some family. We don't know. But he comes back, and he's talking to Nehemiah, and he's telling, and Nehemiah asks, how is everything going with the wall and my people? And his brother says, I'm really sad to say this, but the wall's in ruins. And actually, the people are afraid for their lives. It's not good. It's terrible. And I want to pick up on Nehemiah's response because I feel like this is how we're going to start our year off is our response to God's request. There's a lot of times you'll hear God's request to you in the way that he breaks our heart or shows you something that you never saw before or opens your eyes to a problem that maybe he wants to let you in on the solution. And so Nehemiah finds himself with this, this information that opened his eyes. And I want, I, want to talk, I want to look at his response. And this is him talking. He says in verse 4 of chapter 1 of Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4 says, When I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. He wept. He had caught the heart of God. It wasn't just information about a wall. It was the brokenness of a people. And God had heard their cry and was broken for them. And Nehemiah caught it. And he sat down and he wept when he heard the news. When's the last time you cried over a wall? When's the last time you heard something and it broke you up inside? To where you said, that is not right. And he, he said, I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before God, the God of heaven. Then I said, verse 5, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear 
be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites include, myself and my, fam my father's family, have committed against you. Now, Nehemiah's eyes were open to not only the brokenness of the wall, but the, the current situation of the hearts of the people. And he realized not only was the wall broken, but there was a brokenness inside of him and those around him. And there's a brokenness. Something was broken in the system. And so Nehemiah cries out to God in this moment. He's like, God, you got to hear me. And I, I want to start off by saying I got to get things right in order for this to flow. I have to get things right. When you understand the current situation is wrong, you have to make things right and get it prepared. It's like when you go out to the ground and you want to plant a seed. And if, you know, I don't know if there's any farmers here in Philadelphia, but, you know, if, if, you're, if you're trying to do that and you notice that the ground is hard, you have to cultivate the soil. You got to get it ready for the, the, the seed to go in. Now, there's nothing wrong with the soil, but it's not prepared. And there might be a lot of things in your life that God wants to do in you, but you're not ready. You're not prepared. You haven't cultivated the soil. And maybe you have some things in your life that, that aren't right. And you got to get them right so that God can use you and, and do things through you. Because God doesn't just want to do things to you. God wants to do things through you. He doesn't want to stop at just doing it for you. He wants to make you a conduit, a pipeline, so he can flow through you and share with the world his greatness. I don't know if you're like me, but, man, when I experience something great, I want others to experience it too. I mean, that's why, like, every time I invite someone to change and I've experienced the culture and the family of change, I'm stoked for them to come and experience it. Because I'm like, oh, you got to get here. All the relationships, all the people, they're amazing. And this presence of God is insane. And it's going to blow your mind. Or you go to a good restaurant, you're like, you got to go. Like, you're expecting something great. And, and, and Nehemiah, in his brokenness, he realized something was wrong. But he was expecting something great because he had already felt it with God. So he cries out to God. He goes, God, I confess my sins. I don't know if you've ever been doing something and you think you're doing it really well, and then someone bursts your bubble and tells you you've been doing it wrong for a long time. <laughs> have you ever felt that? You have something go on and, and, and someone tells you something, they're like, hey, you know, this has been kind of crazy. You'd be like, man, I've been doing that for years. I've been doing it all wrong. And Nehemiah realized what they were doing wasn't working. And maybe just maybe, I don't know this for a fact, but maybe just maybe that's why the wall's plans before didn't work. Maybe there wasn't preparation in advance of what God wants to do. Can I tell you this? There's some prep we got to do in order to get ready for the call of God. Right? We don't have to get ourselves ready to come before God, but once we want to step into his call, we got to get some things right. We got to get some things ready and say, God, I want you. I want to feel your presence. I want to get with you. I want, I want to have your heart beat as my heart beat. I want to see things like you see it. So Nehemiah goes into this prayer and fasting. You know what fasting is? And Jesus taught this to his disciples. When his disciples tried to cast some demons out and they came to him and, and it was a teaching moment. They're like, Jesus, I don't know what's happening. We're praying and they're not coming out. Jesus, you got to help us. And Jesus like, hey, hold on. There's some things you got to buckle in with prayer and fasting. 
basically he was saying, you need some steroids to your prayer. You need to add some fasting, some power to your prayer life. You need to add some seriousness. You need to get down to the nitty-gritty. Nacho Libre, the nitty-gritty. You got to get down to it and get serious about what I want to do. Because there are some things you have to couple with fasting in order to get some answers. So we're going to start this whole year off with fasting. Tonight, sundown, we're all as a family starting to fast. And this will look different for all of us. This isn't like we all have to give up food for the week because some of you are like, oh, I ain't doing that. I can't live more. Than that. I was talking to, uh, to Mark, uh, the guy who runs our production back there. He was, he was saying, I can't go more than three hours without food. I'll disintegrate. So I hear you. Skinny boys, unite. But whatever it is for you, it's technology, it's a meal, it's we're doing a Daniel's fast where we just eat fruits and vegetables. Whatever it is for you, it's giving up something in order to gain something. And Nehemiah realized that. He said, there's some things I have to give up in order to get. Because I want what's in his hand, but I have to give up what's in my hand so I have room and space for it. And a lot of times we're holding on to things, whether it be, you know, problems or situations or, or things in this, in this world that seem so significant to us, and we're holding on to them, and we're thinking so much about them, but God has so much in his hand he wants to give to us. But we have to prep. We have to get ready. We have to give up. And a lot of times fasting will take you to a hunger level that you've never had before for Jesus. And you'll realize how much hunger you have for the things of the natural. It's crazy. I remember giving up food for the first time, and then I realized how many food commercials are on TV? <laughs> Woo! Every other is a Taco Bell. Man, I love Taco Bell. And I love Taco Bell even more. I love the thought of Taco Bell when I'm fasting. Like, oh, man, that looks good. I didn't realize how hungry I was and how much time I spent eating. It's crazy. You don't realize how much time you spend scrolling. It's crazy. Just aimlessly scrolling. What do you do? Where are you going? You don't know. You don't know. You're hoping you catch something and like it first. I don't know. What are we doing? We're scrolling. We're checking out everybody else's feed. And we don't realize the hunger for the natural is really powerful and actually distracting us from the things of God. Not that Instagram is, you got to hear my heart on this because I'm not one of those preachers, all right? I love me some Instagram. You go check out our feed. We love Instagram, right? So that's not the thing. But the thing is, we can't let that hunger outweigh the hunger for God and the things of God. Because it's our city, our time. He's got plans he wants to do. And our families, our future, our kids, our schools, our neighborhoods. And we got to get involved. And a lot of times, it's not bad, but you and me both know this is to be true. We get distracted and we miss the divine. Your distraction will always detour you from the divine. Always. So we got to lay down the distractions. And for one week, here's what we're going to do. We're going to say, God, I'm hungry, but I'm laying it down because I want to hear your voice more than I want to eat that food. I mean, that's a simplistic way to say about fasting. God, I love Instagram. I love pictures. I love scrolling. I love liking. I love the feeling of people liking my stuff. I love that. But God, I want to hear your voice more. So I'm laying it down for one week. I want to hear you. And this will be an ongoing thing. After you do this, I promise you. See, this is an expectancy thing. I've felt it. I've been there. I've fasted. It's amazing. 
is literally like putting your prayer life on steroids. I know that's a weird like analogy, but man, it's like boosting it to the next level and really diving in to say, God, what do you have for me? What's the answer? I got a lot of questions. What's your answers? And I'm diving ahead, but you got to check out this scripture in Matthew, or I'm sorry, John chapter 15, verse 7. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What? What we're doing is we're laying things down and saying, God, we're going to remain in you and you remain in us. We're putting some things aside so we can see you clearly. And I challenge you, don't only fast this week, title your fast. What are you expecting from God? And that titles our whole year. We're walking in expecting. We're not just hoping this year is going to be a good year. Well, I just hope my marriage is going to get better. Well, I hope my children turn out good. Well, I hope my school hears about Jesus. Well, I just hope my neighborhood comes to know him. That'd be really cool. I mean, I'm hoping, Jesus, you can do it, I hope. No, 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 no. Our attitude is we're walking in and we're claiming territory for Jesus. We're not waiting on a movement of God. We are the movement of God. And so we're walking in claiming territory, saying, this is my city. This is my marriage. I heard about the wall broken, and I'm going to do something about it. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm seeking God. And his prayer, Nehemiah's prayer, was always, God, hear my prayer and make me successful. Because he had heard of plans that haven't been successful in the past. And you might be there. You might have heard how that couple didn't make it. And those kids rebelled. And that he stepped out and nobody came when he invited. And that's awkward. I don't want to be awkward. And you hear about all these failures. But Nehemiah kept his eyes and said, God, I'm doing things. I'm prepping. And I know that if I remain in you and you remain in me and I seek you, I, you will be found by me and your word will come to pass. And I love what, what God says in the Bible when he talks about how his words always reach their purpose of what he purposed them to do. When he speaks, he makes sure it gets done. And so I'm excited that we titled our year. And if you haven't titled your year yet, we did that last week. But I want you to grab a journal. Join us. I want you to title your year and say, God, what is the word you want to speak over this year? What's the one thing you want to get accomplished in this year? And let's step into it and get involved. Hey, I'm excited that uh, we're starting up Belong again this year. And, and 2018 is going to be a great year. And I, I challenge you, get involved with the things of God. Get involved. Get involved with this family. Get involved serving. There's a power when you start to serve and you start to give. Um, but Nehemiah, he was in a relationship with God that was so deep that he felt the heartbeat of God. And that's our prayer. God, let us feel your heartbeat. Let us feel your heartbeat. Because if we can gain passion, passion overpowers price. And the price might be too much, but as soon as we get passion involved, it overpowers price. And your passion can actually drive you do, to do things that you never would before. Passion. If you didn't have passion for it, it ain't happening. Because it's 
too late at night, and it's too much work, and it's too many times you got to do it over and over and over again. And showing up at 7 o'clock in the morning to set up things in two-degree weather, hello, change dream team, and to do that, it's too much. But you know what? Here, here's the difference. We're passionate about this. We're passionate about this. And we're doing it because we know, God, you're going to do amazing things. You're doing incredible things. So we do the work. We put passion into our hearts. We say, God, break our hearts because we need passion because it overpowers price. And cost cancels. Cost is canceled with compassion. So we pray, God, give us compassion. Cancel those costs. We can't think about cost. We can't think of how much work it's going to take. We can't think of what it's going to take of us. We can't do that. We've got to have his passion and his compassion to drive what we do because it overpowers all the things that we think about. I love it. So we're going to own what God is doing. And I challenge you to look at your life. What does God want you to own? What does God want you to step into? You'll find a fasting sheet on your table. I want you to grab one of these. And this will be just uh, some things that we're fasting all together as a family here at Change. And just uh, uh, for the city and what we're going to be doing this next year. Or this year, I'm sorry. Um, but I want you to grab one of those and, and just really pray, God, what do you want me to fast for myself? And if you've got a family, dads or moms, I want to I encourage you. What, God, do you want me to fast for my family and where we're going? And let's really dive into his plans. Because how many know his plans are so much greater than ours? And if we just, if we end at ours, we, we miss out on so much. So we have to dive into who he is and what he's doing. And I want to tell you, what God builds, no one can overcome. And God wants to build something inside of you this year. And he can't go off past years. Because there's been times where people have tried to build the walls and it's failed. That's okay. This is your year because you're getting things in, in place. You're cultivating the soil. You're saying, God, I'm giving up some things. I'm looking, I'm looking at myself saying, God, what needs to change about me? A lot of times change in the world would be so much better if we'd all look at ourselves and see what needs to change. Sometimes we look at everybody else. Oh, you need to change that. Well, they need to do this differently. Well, you need to do this differently. And, and you get caught in all these you know, avenues of, of blaming but if we just look in the mirror, say, all right, God, what do I need to change? What do we need to do in order to be in right standing with you so that we can get what you have for us and accomplish it? And I'm pumped, and I'm excited, and I hope you are too, about what God is going to do in our family. Because I'm excited for what God's going to do in my home, what God's going to do in my kids. And my son started playing basketball. So we're meeting all the families on the team, but he's coming alive and, and meeting friends and all. I'm fasting and praying that he becomes a bold warrior that speaks life into his team. That's an avenue. It's a territory. It's his city. His city. And so we're praying. We're seeking God. God, what do you want to do in and through us as we serve alongside, you know, uh, the nonprofits in Philadelphia, as, as we come together as a change dream team, and we just go after this thing with all of our hearts, what do you want to do in us? How do you want us to jump into this thing and really just seek God 
and, and be all about them because we're, we're believing God for great things in our marriages, believing God for great things in our finances, believing God for great things in our children, our schools, our jobs, our neighborhoods. We're believing God for great things. We're coming in and we're not only believing in him, but we're claiming the territory with him, making this our city, our time. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.